Friends, I want to say welcome, welcome, welcome to every single one of you here to God Squad Church. Hey, my name is Susie, and I am the preaching pastor here at God Squad Church. And I want to say a welcome. Put some hearts in the chat to welcome everyone. I'm throwing a heart in the chat. Hey, whether you're watching live during first service, second service, listening on YouTube, or even by way of podcast, it's incredible to have you part of our church family. You're joining us for week number two of our message series. We started last week entitled Breathing Room and really, really diving into the life of Jesus and learning how in our lives we can make room to breathe a little bit more. I'll be honest, this is the message series for me, and I know it's the message series for many of you. Do me a favor, write the word me in chat if you could afford to have a little more room to breathe in your life. You're always busy, always got to go here, do that, do this. It's always one thing after another. Man, we need some space to breathe. And last week, if you haven't already, I would encourage you to go back and watch that YouTube video. God Squad Church is the channel. And watch last week's video, When You're Just Too Busy. And we studied the life of Jesus and really just started talking about a foundation, an introduction to the message, really just talking about why breathing room is even important. And we saw the life of Jesus, and we didn't just study his teaching. We didn't even really study something he said. More so, we studied something he did. He walked. He was busy, but he wasn't always rushed. He wasn't always stressed. Now, don't misunderstand me. doesn't mean that Jesus never experienced stress. There's one time in Scripture where Jesus was so stressed, he actually bled from his brow. But there's a difference between experiencing stress and living stress every day. Every moment, busy, 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 busy. And that's what this message series is all about, <sighs> creating space in our lives so we can breathe. Now, if you know me even a little bit, you probably have realized about me, I'm not exactly the most techie person in the world, okay? We got techie in the back. He normally helps me out with everything I need. But me, I, I'm not so much, okay? I'm like, I'm like the console gamer that actually plays PC games but has as much knowledge about PCs as console players, okay? I'm just not a techie kind of guy. I can turn the monitors on, okay? I can look at my PC. It looks pretty. But the people always, they always call me out in the chat. Says, what are your specs? I don't know, bro. It works. <laughs> it turns on and the games work. I don't need to know nothing much else, okay? It just plays the game. I know I got a 3060 graphics card, okay? I've called it GTX, even though now it's really RTX. I'm not the most techie of people, okay? But I do know some basics. I know some basic stuff. If you're here in the chat, write the word basics if you're a basic tech person like me, okay? Um, probably more techie than like your average human being, but in the gaming community, I think most of us would agree like we're probably more techie than like most people in the world. Like gamers as a whole are probably more technologically savvy than most people, but I'm probably at the lower bar of the gaming community, okay? Just gonna be honest, not my strength, everyone's got their thing. But there's one thing about computers that I do understand. People start talking about CPUs and i7, 10,700Ks, and I, I could quote the numbers. I don't know what it means, bro. I'm just gonna throw it out there. You talk about GPUs, graphics cards, but then you get into like other stuff and people start saying like M.4. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know, bro. And I just, I don't care. <laughs> I like, I like, I could look it up, but I don't. Like, I just, I don't care. But that's cool if it's your thing. But there's one thing about computers that I do understand that are relatively pretty basic. It's called the hard drive, okay? Let me give you the most technologically advanced definition of hard drive. It's where you put the stuff, okay? It's where you put the stuff in a computer. 
It's where you put the pictures. It's where you put the games. And then you start getting into like SSDs that are something like faster hard drives. I don't know. I don't, I actually don't. And I thought about it when I was prepping for this message. I could look it up, but then I didn't because I don't care. (laughs) But hard drives are where you put the stuff. It's where you put the pictures. You can put your games there. You can put your baby videos, whatever you want to do. You can put them in the hard drive. But here's the problem with hard drives is they have a limited amount of space. When you first get a computer, your hard drive's empty. There's nothing really in it, and you see it's clear, it looks good, and there's tons of breathing room. There's hardly anything in it. But then as you download game after game, especially if you play Steam, you just got game after game after game, and then your eyes are open to the world of Call of Duty Warzone, which is like 47 terabytes long, and it's just ginormous, and every person here has deleted at least one game to make room for Call of Duty Warzone. Like, it's just the thing. And game after game after game after game, you keep adding more. And more and more and more and more and more to your hard drive until eventually your hard drive ends up looking something like this picture where it starts to get full. You start running out of space. And if you're not very tech savvy like me, you might not understand everything at the screen, but at first you're like, red normally means bad. Like, red normally means bad. And now, now y'all trying to study, look, what's in my computer? Mind your business, okay, people? Look at the red line with me, all right? It's almost full. And if you see the white part, that's the space that's left. And there's hardly any breathing room. There's hardly any breathing room. And if you understand computers, you understand, and we're going to talk about it today, there are negative things that start happening to your computer when your hard drive gets too full, But how many of you would say, not only is your hard drive full, but if I'm being honest, my schedule is full. Some of you might agree with me in the chat that it's not just your hard drive that looks like that, but it's also your schedule. You've got thing after thing after thing after thing, and you are in the red zone. You ain't got no time for anything else. You ain't got time for nothing. And for some of us, it's not just our hard drive. If I'm being honest, it's me. We ain't got no breathing room in our hard drives or in our schedules. And so what I want to do today is I want to use this illustration of the negative things that happen when your hard drive is full and look at the life of Jesus and talk about two negative effects that happen to your hard drive when it's full that will also happen to your spiritual life when your schedule is full. We're going to read the same story we read last week talking about the life of Jesus, Mark chapter 2. We're going to look at it from a different perspective. I talked on this briefly during the Reconnect during Wednesday, and honestly, in my prep, I really felt the Lord wanted us to dive a little bit deeper. So here we go, Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 13. Read it again with me. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth, Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Now, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, some of you might know Levi better as Matthew, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, 
Why does he eat with these tax collectors and sinners? Last verse, verse 17. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And throughout this series, and I mentioned it last week, we're not just going to look at the teachings of Jesus. We're not just going to talk about what he said. We're going to talk about his way, the way he did things. We're going to talk about his pace. We read the word last week that Jesus walked. What I want to point out now is two negative effects that happen to your hard drive and your life when your hard drive and schedule are full. And the first thing that happens to your hard drive when it's full, it starts slowing down your PC. If you live in the red zone like that hard drive you saw, it just starts bogging down and slowing down your PC. And here's the deal. You can have the best computer in the world, the computer that can run at absolutely insane speeds. But once that hard drive is maxed out, once there's no breathing room, it no longer will operate at its fullest potential. It no longer will be as fast as it could be. It doesn't mean your parts are broken. It doesn't mean you need a new computer. It just means you need more breathing room. It starts slowing down your PCs. Your game might start lagging. You might even experience so much lag, even going through the desktop is rough. When my computer is slow, I know to check two things. The first, turn it off, turn it back on again. (laughs) The second is, is my hard drive full? That's the extent of my troubleshooting knowledge. And oftentimes, one of those two actually work. If your hard drive is full, it slows down your PC from living at its fullest potential. And that same principle applies with your life. If your schedule is always full, you will always be stressed. You will never live life to the potential that God has for you. I promise you, one of the biggest factors that will keep you from experiencing God's best for you is your schedule. The way that you live your day-to-day life, if it's too full, no room to breathe, you will live in a constant state of stress, a constant state of anxiety, a constant state of worry. Is there enough hours to get it done? Because if if your life looks like that hard drive, the answer is probably no. There isn't enough time to get it done. For my life, I'll be honest, for the most part, there isn't enough time to get it done. And so we have to take a look at our lives and take a look of the life of Jesus and say, does my life look like his? Because it, if it doesn't, that's where my problem starts. God always has a better way. Always has a better way. And I promise you, your schedule might be one of the biggest factors that's keeping you from experiencing God's best for you. It's slowing down your life. It's causing you to live in a constant state of stress, and you will never experience the fullest potential if your schedule is always full. I want to go ahead. I want to read verse 15 to the end of that passage again. We just saw that Jesus meets a man by the name of Levi. Other translations might call him Matthew. In verse 15, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. What I want to pull out here as an observation is if your schedule is always full, you don't even have time to do what Jesus is doing here. Just sitting down and having dinner with people. 
Sometimes even within people's homes, they're so busy they can't even eat with each other. Never mind experiencing having dinner with a new person they just met. This is Jesus having dinner, but he's not just having dinner. He's having a good time. If you understand Scripture and you understand other translations, they wouldn't just say that Jesus is sitting at the table. It would say that Jesus is reclining at the table. And if you understand culture the way it worked back then, for you to recline at someone's house meant you were comfortable with each other. It meant that there was some intimacy and vulnerability in your relationship. You weren't just sitting there nervous and awkward for the first time. i got to make sure I put the napkin on my lap. got to make sure I look good. got to make sure I say the right thing in the right way, otherwise I'm getting canceled. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't any of that. When you were reclining at someone else's house, it meant, man, I can breathe. Because we're going to have real, friendly loving conversation. In other words, I'm going to have time, and I'm going to have fun. I don't know about you, but some of us are so stressed, you can't remember the last time you laughed. You can't remember the last time you just had fun with other people. Can I tell you, God's best for you involves having fun with other people. It might, oh, well, that doesn't seem super spiritual. God's greatest command is for you to love God and to love your neighbor, and one of the ways we love each other is by being with them. And Jesus, man, he reclined at the table. Like, I can picture Jesus, like, they're making jokes, like, they're having a good time. It's not just some awkward moment. Like, they're enjoying each other's company. He was reclined at the table. That's living life to its fullest. And I don't know about you, but maybe you'd be honest enough to admit, man, I don't really ever do that that often. I don't really ever have time to just go to someone else's house for dinner or have someone over my house for dinner. Maybe for you, you can't remember the last time you just reclined with someone, just got comfortable and relaxed and laughed and not a worry in the world. You can't remember the last time you were around people and (sighs) just breathe a little bit, just had some fun, just laughed. Even if you're not talking about the Bible, you just laughed together and reclined and enjoyed life. Because most of the time when we start talking about the fact that as a follower of Jesus, it's important to be around other people, we start getting more stressed. Because we start thinking, okay, well, here's another thing I just got to put on my schedule. The reality is Jesus doesn't want you to be around people and be stressed. Jesus wants you to be around people and breathe. He wants you to recline at the table, but reclining at the table, it takes time. Like Jesus, when he reclined with people, for some people it wasn't the first time he met them. For Jesus, it might have been multiple repeated events or just such a casual atmosphere that it created that sense of relaxation and fun. But it takes time to get there. If you want to recline with your neighbor, it might not happen the first time they come over. So that means if we want to truly live like Jesus, we might have to have them come over multiple times. And now we're like, I don't have time for one, never mind five. And we start looking at our lives and say, okay, if my life is different than the life of Jesus, then we have a problem. Well, then I have a problem. That is literally Christianity. Being a follower of Jesus. And my, my life doesn't 
look like his. I got to go back to the drawing board and be like, where's the problem? And for many of us, the problem is it's the schedule. We're not living life to the fullest because our hard drives are full. Our schedule is full. We ain't got time to just recline at the table. You barely have time to eat with your own family. Barely have time to eat with your friends. I meet so many people every day that don't have time to have friends. Don't have time to have friends. Don't have time to talk with other people. Many of us love the idea when we talk about get in Discord, talk with people, laugh with people. The biggest response I get is, I ain't got no time. I ain't got no time. All of us need to look at the society that the world has built and ask ourselves, how different is it from the, the world and the life that Jesus had created and wanted us to live? And I promise you, Jesus didn't want us to live with a full hard drive. And he didn't want us to live with such a full schedule that it starts slowing you down, stressing you out, always busy and full of anxiety. And I promise you, you will never, and this is for me too, we will never experience God's best if our hard drives are always full. The second thing that will happen if your hard drive is always full, it might seem very, very simple. There's no space for anything else. There isn't room. There isn't room for anything else. And at first you're like, well, well, duh, if it's full, you can't put anything else. But here's the deal. You've had the moments in your life where your hard drive was full and you wanted to download another game. But you couldn't. Or you deleted 15 games to make it happen. But you might have a moment in your life where you want to do something good. But there's no time. There's no time. But here's the thing. You might come into a more important moment where it's not that I don't have time to do something I want to do. You might run into the situation where I don't have time to do something God wants me to do. And when your schedule is full, you might not have time to obey God. God might put something on your heart for you to do, for you to go talk to someone, for you to make a phone call, for you to do anything. But if your hard drive is already full, there isn't room for anything else. Look at the life of Jesus. Let's go back to the very, very beginning. Verse 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. And as he walked, notice the pace, busy but not rushed, not stressed. He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Now here's the deal. This is a very important moment in the life of Jesus and a very, very important moment in the life of Matthew. But can you imagine if in that moment, Jesus is like, sorry, Matthew, ain't got time to talk to you. In that moment, it was God's sovereign will that Jesus would be walking by Matthew at that time, and Jesus would see Matthew, call Matthew, Matthew would then become Matthew the disciple. Can you imagine if Jesus was too busy? No room. Oh, Matthew, I see that you're there, and I know in my heart that God wants me to go talk to you, but I ain't got time. There's maybe been a moment in your life, you're at Starbucks, you're on Discord, whatever it might be, and you feel what some might call the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I feel God wants me to do something. There is a Levi in my life that God wants me to see and notice, 
but God's command to you and your schedule's availability were at ends. It's happened to me. Oh, I know God wants me to do that. But God, I can't. <laughs> I, I, there's no time. There's, there's, there's no time. And for some of us, we might be like, well, I'm not even sure if I have really figured out how to discern and hear God's voice and know what that is. And that's a different story, and you're growing, and that's totally great. But if we'll be honest, there are some of us. You know God wanted you to do something. But you just didn't have the time. And when you live with a hard drive that is always full, you don't have time to obey God. You don't have time for God to put someone in your heart for you to go talk with them. You don't have time to make a phone call. We don't have time to be able to stop and be able to connect with someone. We look at the life of Jesus in this story. He's walking around, teaching people, teaching to a large crowd, and then out of nowhere, these Levi, and later that night, he's at his house having dinner. We talked about it last week. My life doesn't work that way. Like, I literally, funny thing, I literally got a Twitter message this morning <laughs> from someone else, and they're like, bro, I need at least seven days in advance. I was like, I feel you. <laughs> like, I, I feel you, man. I'm, I'm with you, dude. We're busy. 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 And don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about, like, your work day. Your work day might be back to back to back to back. That might be, that might be your job. But your whole life doesn't have to be that way. The question I want to ask all of us is, do we have room in our lives to obey God? Do we have room for the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you? Because if my entire life is just being led by my schedule, and it's all pre-planned, nothing wrong with planning. I love planning. But if your whole life is only being dictated by your schedule and not by the Holy Spirit, then the schedule is your Lord and he isn't. Because God, you want me to do something? I ain't got time for it. So who's my Lord? The one I listen to. And if my schedule is the one I listen to, it's my Lord and he's not. You know, we talk in church all the time, services need to have room for the Holy Spirit. We can't have everything just down to a T. We can't have all these songs down, scheduled song after song after song after two-minute introduction and greeting and then giveaway, da-da-da-da-da-da. And we're all about order of services. I believe God's in order. We love to plan. We love to have structure, but we do our best, especially in moments during worship or moments when I come up to pray. I'm not looking at the clock in those moments. Like, Holy Spirit, if you want to do something, do it, and maybe I'll just shave a few minutes off my sermon later. Like, we'll make up the time, but God, you're, you're in charge. But we get people real hung up on the fact, man, we got to have room for the Holy Spirit in the service. And we can get hung up on the fact that we need to have room for the Holy Spirit to move in our service but we won't allow room for the Holy Spirit to move in our schedule. The service needs to be spirit-led, but my schedule doesn't. There's no open space at all for me to just be walking one day and see a need and then meet it. If you're like me, there have probably been many times in your life, you saw a need. Oh, yeah, there's, there's something that could be done in this situation. But you couldn't meet it because you didn't have time. You didn't have time. And I promise you, one of the biggest things that will keep us from experiencing God's best is our schedule. So what do we do? What do we do? How do we actually create breathing room 
in our lives. And the thing is, we, we, we got to make some hard choices about what goes on our schedule and what doesn't. You see, because oftentimes when it comes to our schedule, we treat it like a video game hard drive. Well, I can just always buy more RAM, make my hard drive bigger, they go from 500 gigs to a whole terabyte, one terabyte to two terabyte, and when you start running out of space, you just keep adding more RAM. You just keep getting more and more and more. Let's just make the amount of space I have bigger. Works great on your PC. Doesn't work in your life. You can't go out and just get more RAM. You can't go out and just get more time. So if my hard drive's full, I can't get more RAM, well, then what do I do? i got to start taking some stuff away. When you went to download Call of Duty Warzone, you had to make some tough choices. <laughs> What's got to go? What's getting deleted? Because you just, you can't fit it all. You can't fit it all. Let's put that picture back up of the hard drive because I, I want you to get this visual, visual in your life. You can't fit it all. And so you might be going into your schedule and asking the Holy Spirit, what's got to go? And you might open up that hard drive and you'll see some of the things that I'm letting you in my hard drive. I'm just letting you up my business right now. You might get into the hard drive and see everything. See everything that you have, all the files, all the images, everything. And you see it all. And there's two kind of scenarios that can happen. You might open up your hard drive and realize, like, man, there's a lot of junk I don't need anymore. There might be a lot of stuff that's in there. You're like, man, maybe I needed this at one time, but I don't need it anymore. And for you, that's maybe a lot easier. There's a lot of stuff on my schedule that maybe, uh, yeah, it's really not that important. I can just, I can just clear it out so that I can make some more space, get some more breathing room, because I can't get more RAM, so at least I can delete some stuff. But that's easy. So, yeah, if I'll be honest, some of the stuff's really not that important. But then for some of you, you might look at your hard drive like I look at mine and I look at my life. Every single file in this hard drive matters. There is no junk in this hard drive. Every single file is important. So then I'm stuck with a hard decision. Well, what that is actually good still needs to go. It doesn't have to be junk. You might have to start looking at your schedule and looking at your life at things that are good and say, well, something's still got to go. And that's only something that you can decide between you and your family and God. But you've got to look at your life like I'm looking at mine. I'm in the process of rearranging my entire life. What's got to go? We can't do it all. Nothing in my hard drive is junk. It's all important. But something still needs to go. I know, I know you want to give your children every opportunity they can get. And you've got them in ballet. And you've got them in basketball, in football, in Fortnite summer camp. You've got them in all of them. And I understand you want to give your child all the opportunities that they can get. But your child doesn't just need options. Your child needs a mother who can breathe. Something has got to go. And you need to take a hard look at your life and ask yourself and ask God, God, everything on my schedule is good. But something's still got to go. Because if you're not currently living a life like Jesus, 
where you've got time to have people over for dinner and recline at the table, something's wrong. Jesus doesn't just want to keep adding more to your schedule. Some of you are stressed, and the thought of inviting people for dinner is more stressful. That's not what Jesus wants to do. He doesn't want to keep adding to your schedule. He wants to first remove and make some space and then add the things that he wanted to be there all along. And so I want to invite you on a journey with me as we go through this series, Breathing Room, looking at our life, looking at our relationships, looking at our finances. Something's got to go. Let's put that hard drive back up on the screen. Something's got to go because we just can't keep living this way anymore. And if you're like me, you don't feel burnout. You're not actually super stressed all the time. And so some of you are hearing this message and being like, well, I feel okay. To be honest, I feel great. But I don't have people over for dinner. Don't let your emotions be the only signifier, the only thing that is helping you understand, am I, am I living God's way or not? You might be doing the wrong thing and still feel good. We do it all the time. It's called sin. You do the wrong thing and feel good. It's called sin. You might not be stressed. You might not be anxious. But you still might be full. I'm not anxious. I'm not stressed. I don't feel burned out. I love everything that I do. But I ain't got no breathing room. So what's got to go? Something has got to get deleted. And so I want to put that last delete image up on the screen. And I want to pray in a moment. And I want to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you deleting? What are you deleting? What in your life has to go? Real practical question. Like, what's getting removed? We can't add more RAM. <laughs> we can't add more RAM to our schedule. Like, 24 hours in a day, that's it. So what are you going to remove? I'm looking at my life. What's got to go? What's got to go? And I can't tell you what that is for you. You're going to have to pray. You're going to ask God. But if your schedule is so full that if Jesus said, I want you to talk to that person right now, and your answer is, I don't have time, something's got to go. If you're so busy that your life is being slowed down by stress and anxiety all the time, don't misunderstand me. You might hit some busy seasons. You just had a new baby. Stress is probably in your corner. <laughs> but that baby is eventually going to let you sleep. You just started a new job. You're learning the ropes. Stress is probably in your corner, but eventually you're going to learn the ropes. We're never going to live a stress-free life, but we can't always live a stress-full life every single day. It's slowing you down. It's keeping you from living your best potential. And if our hard drive is full, there's no room for anything else. So what's got to go? We don't just want to talk so pragmatically from the Bible that we're just putting out theories what are you going to do this week to look at your schedule and say, how can I go from the red zone to the blue zone, make some breathing room? Maybe my son doesn't need basketball, Fortnite, and gymnastics. Maybe, maybe, I don't need, maybe I don't need it all. Maybe I don't need to do everything. I don't know what it's going to be for you. And I honestly don't even fully know what it's going to be for me yet. Like, I, like I'm, I'm in the process with you. Susie, what's the answer? I don't really know. <laughs> But I'm figuring it out. I've started making some small steps, and I'm getting there. This is way easier said than done. Way easier. I'm with you. Let's freak out together. 
because I'm figuring out. But all I know is your schedule's full. And God wants to throw something your way. You won't have time. Jesus had, he had dinner with people. Do you? Because I don't. I don't. It's not okay. It's not okay to just be so busy that we can't obey God. We can't be led by the Spirit. That we can't have room for God to move in our lives. And if we are going to experience breathing room, something needs to be removed in order for us to be free. You'll never be free from stress or anxiety if you just keep adding. Something needs to be removed in order for you to be free. And so I'm just leaving you the question, what's it going to be? Maybe some of you, your schedule's fine. God bless you. Teach us the ways. <laughs> but maybe some of you, you join me in the journey of what's being removed. And let's pray right now and ask the Holy Spirit, even putting in our minds right now, what's being removed. Let's, let's pray together. God, we just come before you. And for, me, for many of us, God, literally, sincerely asking, God, what are we going to do? The whole world that we live in, the society we live in, has been designed to be busy. And so God, how do we how do we live in a world and not always be working when we work for a boss who is always making us do stuff past the 40 hour mark? Because we can't just always quit our jobs. It's not always that simple. We gotta, we gotta work, we gotta make money. So God, like, how do we how do we how do we actually how do we actually do this? And so Holy Spirit, I just pray today wisdom. I pray guidance. And I pray that you begin to speak to every single one of us, specifically, God, about what in our life needs to be removed so we can be free, so we can breathe. What's it going to be, God? I pray you'd speak to me. I pray you'd speak to our people because, God, we want to be people that have time to obey you. And, God, I pray that you would, maybe even for some of us hearing this message, we're still not convinced that we need breathing room. For many of us, God, in that position, I pray every single day you would start putting something on their heart that they don't have time to do. So it will be in their face every single day. Wow, God's telling me to do stuff every day and I ain't got time for it. Maybe I do need some breathing room. And God, I pray that as we choose to follow not just your teaching, follow your way, your pace, the way you lived, I pray that God would begin to set us free from stress from anxiety. doesn't mean that we'll never have those moments. But it means we don't have to always live in them 24-7. And so Jesus, as we come before you and ask, how do we do this? I pray you would put it on all of our individual lives and hearts. What do we need to do to make our lives look more like the life of Jesus? May we no longer continue to be following the Lord's schedule. May we continue to follow the Lord Jesus being led by the Spirit, not led by responsibilities, not led by our bosses. Those are all good things that need to get done. But may we first and foremost be led by your Spirit. God, what do we need to remove so we can be free? Help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. In the same way that something needs to be removed so you can be free and breathe, is the same way that in our spiritual lives, something needed to be removed so we could be free. It's called sin. 
That's why Jesus Christ came down to this earth and lived a perfect life and died on the cross for us to forgive us of our sins, to remove our sins from us so we could be forgiven and we could be free and you and I could breathe, but not just here on this earth, but for all of eternity. And here's the deal, no matter who you are, no matter what you believe, no matter where you're from, today, I believe that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, is calling you into a relationship with him to remove your sin, to give you a purpose, to give you a destiny, to pour out his love and his grace on you. And the Bible says it's as simple as simply you just believing in your heart and acknowledging that Jesus Christ is Lord and saying, you know what, I don't want to keep living the way I'm living because I got stuff that's making me feel like I can't breathe. Jesus has a better way for you. Jesus changed my life. He's changed many of our lives. And I promise you that if you'll put your trust in Jesus today, he will remove your sin so you can be free. And for some of you today who have never made that decision, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. As you have maybe your first ever conversation with God, inviting him to be your Lord and Savior. And if that's you today, would you pray this with me? God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. And I ask you, God, to forgive me of my sins. Remove my sin so I can be free. And help me, God, to love you, to follow you, and serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, will you put your hands together, celebrate. Can we get some Jesus hype in the chat to celebrate with those that are saying yes to follow Jesus? Hey, whether you're watching live on the Vaud River might be, hey, we want to congratulate one of the biggest decisions you've ever made. And we want to celebrate that with you. But hey, we also want to connect and resource with you. So do me a favor. If you could type exclamation point next level in the chat. Here's what we want to do. We want you to click on that link and fill out that form with as much information as you're comfortable. Hey, we want to have one of our pastors reach out to you. Here's the deal. You just made a lifelong decision to be a follower of Jesus. We want to connect with you and walk alongside you in that journey of like, what does it mean to be a Christian? Like, what does it mean to pray and read the Bible? And what's church and water baptism? And I'll be honest, like, there's a lot in the book that we want to help you understand so you're not just so confused about what all this means. We don't just want you to pray a prayer one time. We want you to be a lifelong follower of Jesus. And I want to say congratulations to you on making literally the best decision you've ever made. And friends, this is something we pray that people are experiencing every single week through all avenues of our church, our live streams, our daily reconnects, time in the discord, and of course our services where people are being ministered to by the word of God. Where people, their lives are being changed by hearing the gospel. Our church is going to a place where most people are not going, going to where the gamers are at and connecting God to gamers by meeting them right where they are. People are watching Twitch and our church is bringing the story of Jesus to them. And we want to say thank you because hey, none of this would be possible without your generosity. And I want to tell you something that we love to encourage people to do here at God Squad Church is to trust God in their finances. The reality is that none of this is possible without your generosity, but we don't just give because we get to be a part of something. We give as a part of our worship. This is how we show God, God, I'm grateful for what you've done for me. God, because you gave us your son, God, I trust you, and I know it sounds scary, I trust you with my finances. Because I want to be a part of impacting the world for God's glory, and I want to be able to show you, God, I do trust you. You are my priority. 
and I love you, and I want to give back to you because you first gave to me. And I want to encourage you and show you something real quick, real quick about what your giving is doing. I want to put a picture on the screen real quick. This is Greeny Rio. Put, put some hearts and love in the chat for Greeny Rio. I want to share a story that she shared with us about what God Squad Church has done in her life. She said, I've been a part of God Squad Church about three years now, and this church has blessed me immensely. I joined a small group we called them Experience Groups soon after that and became a part of God Squad Church, and those group members have become family and my lifeline. Being able to type in my small group server chat and stay connected during the week, and not just one day a week, is so beneficial. I've struggled with bipolar, bipolar disorder more than half my life. When I was in the midst of an episode and really struggling, I can meet with someone on the God Squad Church community care team, and even if they couldn't fully understand what I was going through, that didn't stop them from loving me, listening, praying with me, for me, supporting me, uplifting, and encouraging me in my walk with God and with life in general. The staff, the volunteers, and the members have blessed me in more ways than I can count or honestly even say. I thank God for having God Squad Church in my life. I don't know where I'd be if I hadn't come across God Squad Church. Can we get some Jesus hype in the chat? Can I tell you, your generosity is making a difference in the lives of people. And I want to say thank you for trusting God. Thank you for trusting our church. Thank you for partnering with us. And because of you, together, we are impacting people just like Green and Rio. So seriously, thank you. Whatever amount you're giving and whatever the ways that you're giving, which you're going to see in this video, sincerely, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. God bless you as you give. Here at God Squad Church, there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can go to the panels below this stream and give through PayPal. You can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com give, and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. No matter what amount you're giving, we're grateful for your generosity. Thank you for helping us reach gamers around the world.